welcome to the Big Kids Book Club. A podcast about all things fictional, from middle grade to young adult. So sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of the Big Kids Book Club. My name is Marcus and I am your host. Joining me on this week's episode, I have the author of The Jungle and the new debut, Middle Grade, A Dinosaur Ate My Sister, Pooja Puri. Welcome to the show. Hi, Marcus. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. No, thank you for joining us. Uh, You are a brand new face uh, at our book club, so we'd like to get to know you a little bit better. So do you want to just tell us a little bit about how you became an author and a little bit about your journey in the last couple of years? Yeah, of course. So um, I've loved writing stories ever since I was a child. Um, So I was very much one of those kids that used to like putting together story booklets, stapling them and then just filling them up. And I would spend honestly hours and hours doing that. And um, I remember being taken to the library as a kid and seeing the books on the shelves with the author's names and just thinking, yeah, that's what I want to do. That's just like the most coolest job ever, because, you know, who wouldn't want to write stories for a living? Um, And um, so that I mean I decided very early on I think that 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 is what I was going to do and uh, so I and I think what really sealed the deal for me was in um, year eight I remember I won second prize um, with some sort of contest and it was a short story contest run by Borders bookstore and I remember the story was published in a compilation along with a number of other stories but seeing it in um that real book form for the first time was just the most magical thing ever. And it still is for me even now. And uh, so I did English at university and um, I kept on writing, getting rejected, writing and getting rejected. So I I think there's kind of a rite of passage, really, that a number of writers will go through with that. And then I kind of got my break, I suppose you could say, in uh, 2014, when I was one of 10 winners selected for the uh, Ideas Tap Inspires competition. And um, essentially what that was, was a scheme which um, paired up sort of new and upcoming writers with uh, established authors. And it's run by a very wonderful organisation called Writers Centre Norwich. And at the end of the scheme, there was a showcase. And it was through that that I managed to sign with my agency, with Golo Max Morton, and carried on writing. And then in 2017, my first book was published, which was The Jungle, uh, which was uh, YA. And um, so very different to A Dinosaur Ate My Sister. And it was published by black and white's ya imprint ink road and um so yeah i think that's that's really it so it was very much a i'd say a bit of a roller coaster really with getting there it was not a sort of straight just kind of landing and becoming an author there was a lot of detours and uh you know pathways to go down yeah and that first book is quite a quite a subject there because obviously for those who don't know the jungle is basically it's the story about miko and Layla, who are basically two re- teenage refugees in the the very big refugee camp outside of calais which is known as the jungle um interesting sort of subject matter to really sort of tackle especially as a debut novel where did that that idea come from and and how was it writing such a such a novel It was, yeah, so that idea came, I remember I read an article um, about a, it was actually really um, quite horrifying article because it was about the body of a young man that had washed up on the Norwegian coast and they had no idea who this person was or how they'd ended up there. And it was only through sort of um, back tracing really and through a lot of sort of forensic investigation that they realised that this young man had come um, from 
Calais and that he tried to swim it. And I think it was one of those, um, I, I'd read it and I think I remember it was just one of those that really sort of stuck in my head. And it, it was just one of those that I kind of, you know, something your mind kind of keeps coming back to. And I think often when that happens and when you're a writer, you sort of know that's kind of your sort of brain and heart sort of telling you this is something you should be writing about. And um, and so I remember I started re researching the jungle and sort of reading up more about it. And although I had sort of been exposed to it through you know news and various other media, I don't think it was until I actually did my own research that I realised how many young people there were in the camp. And that really was quite a massive shock to me. And so I think that's really how I came about approaching that as a subject matter. And that sort of became the, the backdrop of the story. Um, and what I really wanted to do was kind of find the find a way to um, portray the story in a way that young people could relate to it too. Because I think it's very easy when we're sort of seeing these stories via various media outlets, we can sort of switch off from them almost. And I think um, particularly with young people, um, being able to put in a format that they could really relate to and access, um, I think that was that was important for me to try and kind of get them to see that actually there's children of your age who are actually going through really difficult circumstances and trying to get them to understand the world around them a little bit more almost. Yeah, it's it's definitely one no thing. We don't want to preach to to kids about the sort of message, but you also want to give it in a way that's going to en engross them and and sort of give them the sort of the real hard hitting facts. But hopefully, in a story narrative that sort of sweeps them off their feet, it's it's a yeah. tricky balancing act. Which obviously you obviously accomplished very well because it was nominated for the Clip Carnegie. It was, yeah, that was um, very surreal because I remember sort of growing up and sort of seeing, you know, you, you see these sort of prizes and you see authors nominated and you think, wow, that's incredible. And uh, so I remember it was nominated for that. And that was very exciting because obviously with your first book as well, you're never quite sure. And, um, and I think also because it was just, it just gives it that exposure, which was, I think, really important for me, just, just so that message was sort of get out and especially for young people as well, for them to be able to kind of know about the book and learn about it as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's 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 nice. Obviously, I think a lot of obviously if you've grown up as an author, you know, you see uh, Clip Carnegie, you always see the big sticker on certain books. And it's it's sort of like obviously a, a prestigious thing. Even a nomination, you know, you've whittled down from the hundreds of books that have been released every single year. I mean, a heck of an achievement on the debut as well. It's like <laughs> thank you. <laughs> double, double achievement. But you mentioned young people there and We've got a little bit younger in regards to the next book, which, of course, A Dinosaur Ate My Sister, uh, a lot more middle grade focus here rather than the, the hard hitting YA of the jungle. Where does where does this sort of um, idea stream come from? Completely different from the jungle. Yeah, this is oh, this is a complete leap away, like in age range and genre, literally everything. Um, I think really this one was um, inspired by sort of three main things. So the first is. Um, my love of science. So although I was a massive bookworm growing up and you know loved reading in English, I also really loved science. So that was one of my favorite subjects in school um, alongside English. And um, what I was, I was really lucky because my teachers, they, they taught us that science wasn't just textbooks or, you know, what was in the classroom. They sort of said to us, you know, go out there and see everything, you know, with a curious mind. And um, what I really liked was the um, experiment side of science. So I used to love experimenting and finding out how things worked and why they worked and exploding various things in my garden. And um, so I think for me, that's sort of what inspired Isha, Isha's character really was that. And then 
the whole time travel aspect that that was because um time travel for me is just it's one of the sort of greatest unknowns and there's just so many questions surrounding time travel so it's you know can we ever can, would we ever figure out how to travel in time and if we did how would we do it um you know how would we end up like would we still be physically the same way uh, in the past as in the future there's just all these amazing questions and um so for me i with this book i always knew that i wanted to set out uh, that i wanted to write a time travel story and um I think it's one of those things that when you really love a concept, you really want to make sure you do it justice because um, I'm a big fan of Doctor Who and, you know, the various time travel things. And then uh, so I remember sitting there and thinking, well, you know, I know I want to write a time travel story, but how am I actually going to write it? And I really did go through a number of different ideas and kind of got lost and came back again. And it, none of it was really fitting. And then um I remember I was sitting there looking out the window and then just trying to just just sort of just letting my mind kind of just do its thing and just think really and then um, I came up with the question which was well what if you accidentally sent someone through time and then the next question that came was well what if that someone happened to be your annoying big sister um, and it was I mean this doesn't happen often it hasn't happened often for me um, but it was very much that moment was like the flick of a switch where it, it was just this whole cast of characters appeared so Isha appeared um, Broccoli appeared with Archibald his tortoise and Nishi appeared and so did Secundus and it was it was like they'd literally just been there sort of at the back of my mind just waiting for me to find them almost it's and it's so rare because I don't think that happens often in writing I know you know with the jungle it, as well it was very much a um kind of you're sitting there and you're really working at it whereas this one was just the voices and the characters just kind of were there already sort of waiting for me yeah and I think the characters are really what propel this story and I think will have a lot of younger listeners engaged because especially Isha because she's got this whole sort of confidence to her, a confidence in her own abilities that I think we don't celebrate enough in kids. Obviously, there's a there's a lot of focus of being taught, you know, not to sort of like big yourself up, not that say, you know, you should be cocky and have an ego, but definitely the fact that she knows that she's a damn good inventor. Uh, and, you know, it's great to see that she, she can, you know, not puff up her own chest, but, you know, pat herself on her back and explain these sort of things. So it's nice as well to see a character interested in science, obviously promoting uh, sciences and, and actually having that. With that confidence, and you've mentioned a lot of things that you enjoyed science, was Isha sort of a little bit of yourself, a younger version of yourself? Maybe in the time travel, you could go back and pluck your yourself from, from the annals of history and sort of inject her as the character of Isha? I think yeah, probably there probably was a definite like a, a definite element of me, a younger me in her for sure, because um, especially that sort of very brazen, I think, confidence and sort of trying out various experiments, which more than likely probably won't always work. So I think that element was definitely there. And I mean, even the fact that they end up in the age of the dinosaurs really was because I I loved Jurassic Park growing up. And for me, I was just thinking, well, because I mean you know you kind of you're sitting there you've got all of time and space available so it's like why the dinosaurs and it was just well it had to be the dinosaurs because that's if I could travel through time questionably so but that's where I would want to go and um and I just thought it would be such a brilliant dynamic because you've got Isha who thinks that there's nothing on earth that she can't do and she's coming sort of 
face to face with some of the most dangerous creatures that have ever existed on this planet. And I just thought, yeah, that's that's a battle that I want to I want to tackle in this book. And that's kind of what formed the sort of, I guess, premise of it. And um, it was a lot of fun writing her character and her voice, too, actually, because, again, with when you're sort of developing characters and developing their voices, it can often be it can be quite tricky and you sort of you hone the voice over quite a few drafts but with Isha her voice was sort of it was just there and as soon as I started writing her I I knew exactly how she was going to sound she was going to be really sassy and really bold and confident to a fault I would say and um and of course she loves inventing words as well so that was another element of her character that I I really enjoyed uh, writing because it was it was just a lot of fun. Absolutely. And you mentioned voice there, which is perfect because I loved probably the, the the best thing that got me into this book and had me just reading it almost from cover to cover was the way you set it out as almost like her journal or her diary. And the, the pages are just sort of like completely filled with her her thoughts and the way she's telling the story from her her own sort of like biased point of view yeah uh, which works so well and I wondered you know would you always thinking of rather than sort of that that, that straight up prose of sort of third person narrative were you always like no 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 this is Isha's story she is telling it to you in her own words in this way or was that sort of worked between you and your agent or editor? You know, how did the idea of the, the journal diary sort of form come about? Um, that was actually from the first draft, that is how it was written. So I never actually had, um, I know exactly what you mean with the third person sort of view, but I, I never had that for her because I think her character was just so sort of bossy and so sort of confident. It just, it didn't make sense to have sort of to do it in sort of this third person narrative and it was it just made sense for her character that she would be the one telling the story and um, even the notes from Broccoli which are sort of sort of you know they sort of slide in there here and there to kind of reel her back in almost and sort of bring her back to earth um, they were also there in the first draft because I just I really wanted him to kind of have um, as equal a voice and I just thought you know what it would be a great dynamic if they're sort of there's a journal and they're sort of both working on it but actually one kind of has to keep correcting the other almost and sort of remind them that you're not quite your kind of perspective on this event is slightly biased here it's, it's not quite what it should be so I I really enjoyed um creating that and it really helped build their relationship as well as you know as you get further and further into the story and I think bring broccoli out a little bit more as well yeah broccoli we've probably one of the most inventive uh nicknames possible with uh quite lovingly described on how he gets his nickname as well as the, the the art style that comes along with this book it's very encapsulating and the story not to give too much away really sort of because of all the the conundrums <laughs> that occur and the the problems that you get with time travel you just are swept along and like I said that voice I feel was such a perfect choice because really it's only Isha's narrative that can really be told in in that sort of dynamic way giving you that sort of sort of bumbling through time uh, format, uh, which I, I have so much enjoyed it. And I know a lot of other kids are going to enjoy it because the great thing about this book is it's been picked as the first book for Marcus Rashford's new book club, where he's going to be giving uh, kids the opportunity to uh, take a book home and read a book. Uh, I wondered how you felt uh, when you heard the news that you were going to be the first book because uh, obviously Marcus Rashford has done some amazing work 
obviously with the school dinners campaign now he wants to work on kids literacy so how did it feel to be like my books first <laughs> yeah it was uh it was incredible it was such an incredible feeling um I remember when I actually got the phone call to say that a dinosaur my sister had been picked and uh for the Marcus Rashford book club and it was it was just the most surreal moment and I think it has actually been kind of it really has felt like just being in this surreal bubble almost ever since and all this sort of absolutely amazing stuff's just been happening around the book and um it's, it's just been really exciting and I think for me as well I was just I was really proud because I know for me growing up um books were and still you know they still are they, they were really important because um they help you develop a whole host of transferable skills so you know through books you learn how to empathize with others you build resilience and you know that sort of like, like a sort of like Isha like confidence or at least hopefully some of it that no matter what you sort of encounter you'll be able to overcome it and of course books also let you sort of switch off and step into someone's else's sort of head and imagination for a while and so you know when I was told that this is that it would be selected for the book club and the book club is also now uh, they've partnered with uh, the children's food charity Magic Breakfast which is brilliant because we'll be donating 50,000 copies of the book to children across the country so it's and it's so great because it's just it's just a brilliant way to get books into the hands of readers and kind of give them that sort of wonder and that empowerment I think that books can provide. Yeah and this has so much wonder uh, in this book I love the story the characters I know kids are going to fall in love with also love the whole experiments at the back there's a couple like uh cool little like I don't know what it was it was just like that's so awesome make your own dinosaur mask and stuff like this just I thought so many books especially middle grade have the option to just not tell a great story but actually really open up the imagination in so many more ways than just words on a page and I love the fact that they're included at the back um so really excited about that really excited for uh, what's in store uh, for these two as well. So moving on with this uh, podcast, is there another book possibly? Is Isha and Broccoli going to make a return? Is there anything in the future that you can tell us? Or is it all hush hush? Uh, I can tell you that there will, yeah, there will be a book too. And that will hopefully be coming out next year. <laughs> and that's all I think I can say at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's it. Yeah, we know. Yeah. We know. Publishing industry, man, like, hey, yeah, sometimes ruthless. It's, it's, more secret than, you know, uh, some of the most secret societies out there, more than MI6. Uh, but I'll, I'm so glad to hear that because you can tell there's a lot more for these guys to, to do. There's a lot more development, more weird and wacky stories they can go on. So really excited to hear that. Um, with this, though, obviously, authors sometimes work on multiple projects at a time. Have you got anything else in the pipeline? I don't actually have anything else at the moment, more so just because their second adventure is taking up a lot of my time. So I have not got any other um, YA or middle grade planned as yet. Um, but I think for the moment, I'm just all my focus is being taken up by Isha, as as can be expected, considering her character, I think. <laughs> she demands a lot of attention. She, so. <laughs> she really does. Oh, that's awesome. That's fantastic. And uh, so that takes us on to the next part of our interview, which, of course, is time for the competition. Yes, everyone. It's that favorite time of the show where we go into the competition. This week, obviously, we are giving away a fantastic copy of A Dinosaur Ate My Sister. And if you, lovely listeners, want to get your hands on it, all you have to do is head over to our Twitter at Big Kids Book Club, all one long lovely word. And this week's competition is hashtag 
dinosaur comp you want to retweet and like that and obviously we always do a little quiz or a question and so obviously i think you mentioned in the back of the book somewhere that you had a favorite dinosaur so i decided to pinch that as this week's quiz question we want to know what your favorite dinosaur is so hashtag dinosaur comp tell us what is your favorite dinosaur at big kids book club and you could be the chance of winning a copy of a dinosaur ate my sister uh, how's that sound Pooja? That sounds brilliant. And I actually would love to see what everyone, who or what everyone's picked as their favourite dinosaur, because there are some great ones out there. I was going to say, I'm trying not to look inside the book to just try and tell, but what is your favourite dinosaur? What's the one you've got? So I've got three. So mine are, yeah, I've got a top three dinosaurs. So uh, Brachiosaurus, Stegosaurus, and of course the T-Rex. And I think, <laughs> I think that's very nice. And I think uh, Isha would approve because it's in a list. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I think for, for me, I have always been a fan of the big boy himself, T-Rex. Uh, you know, he garners a lot of the limelight, which again, I think is quite proving for Isha as well. Uh, fantastic. Well, that's some of our favorites. What is your favorite? You can tell us. Hashtag Dinosaur Comp at Big Kids Book Club and let us know well on that absolutely Jurassic-sized bombshell. We are going to end the show, unfortunately, but it's been fantastic to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I've really enjoyed it. But before we do let you completely disappear, do you want to let our listeners know how they can get in touch with you, find out more about your books? Do you have a social media or a website link you could drop us? Yeah, so you can tweet me at Pooja Puri Writes, and um, I would love to hear from you and find out about your favourite dinosaurs and any other dinosaur-related news that you'd love to share. So please do. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, thank you again, Pooja, for coming on to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And to you lovely listeners, hope you've enjoyed the show and for sticking around. And until next time, all I have to say is for you to take care, to stay safe, but most importantly, to keep on reading.